right, what's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 302. That is two more than the 300th episode. So we are too deep here in the next phase of Movie Schmovie. Uh, my name is Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts. I'm here as always with uh, who, who, who's over there. Who's uh, this beautiful I'm faces? I'm John. <laughs> and you know, it's odd that 302 is actually more impressive than 300, but somehow it sounds like way less impressive. Like 300 right. felt momentous. 302 feels like an area code. That's all. Yeah. That's just an area code. That's not an episode number. Yeah, man. It does. You're right. But it's a step, guys, and you know we got to keep taking these steps. It is. It is. We're on another hundred podcast journey. It's like Delaware it's area code, by the way. Good to know. Oh, very, very close. Um. So yeah, we're gonna go over a couple of things that we've seen over the last week. Uh, in the in the middle of the episode, we'll be talking about Disney's Cruella, uh, HBO's Mayor of Easttown. I think we all saw the Friends reunion on HBO Max. Before we get into discussion on that, though, uh, as always, at the top of the show, we try to go through some news. Items that have happened over the last week since we last got together. Talk about maybe some trailers, since there seems to be a ton of trailers coming out now. Since things are maybe getting back to some sort of normal and it's productions alive. are going. Right, right. Johnny Five is alive. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, let, let, let's jump into that. Is, was there anything, I, I don't know, we were talking a little bit in our chat before, like any big news items uh, that you guys wanted to mention on the pod this week that came up? Uh, um Oh, yeah. uh, maybe one of the things I did want to discuss, not even the, the, the like big stock story about AMC, but AMC yeah. selling a portion of their stock to a company for cash so that oh, they can right. fund um, adding new uh, theaters, uh, refurbishing ones that they have, adding new technology to them. Um, and they're going all in on the, the, the face-to-face experience for... Uh, theatrical releases which is a a really bold move to be completely honest with you they're banking on just assuming that people want to just come back because because there's two levels to it people are obviously ready to come back into the world but are they ready to be in a theater with a ton of people right right that has that has yet to be seen i think it's the the ton of people part of that that gives me pause i'm I'm getting i'm getting myself ready for like what's going to be that thing that that makes me feel like this is the time to go back to a theater. But yeah. for me, it would have to be with the belief that distancing will be in effect, you know? So I, I don't right. know. I, I guess if it's not going to be that, then yeah, I don't know. I don't know when it would be <laughs> that it wouldn't yeah. feel strange. Yeah. It's a, uh, I mean, one thing that we've been talking about, you know, this whole AMC, what's kind of happening with them with the stock market, you know, outside of the stock conversation itself for a retail investor, Something that AMC has managed to do in this time is kind of benefit from it in a lot of ways financially in terms of their capital gains and just the valuation of the company. So, you know, what you're describing is something that they did, you know, to take advantage of where the stock price was now and to raise a lot of capital to do something uh, for the brand, you know, for the theaters, for refurbishment, like you said. I mean, a, a big news item that they've kind of tagged along with this is just that, like, you know, they're kind of looking at a lot of areas where like Arc Light and Pacific Theaters were um, mm. that have since closed or have shuttered the doors um, to see about possibly taking over places and you may be expanding or, you know, creating a different kind of AMC theater. Um, you know, back in the day, they used to have, you know, when it was G- General Cinema slash AMC, even the changeover, they used to have like the premium uh, areas of the theaters which now have kind of merged so i'd be curious to see what they do but like the whole idea of like the fork and dine theaters that amc has 
um, those kinds of properties would probably lend themselves to that kind of a environment really well because a lot of those arc light and you know the pacifics and uh have like the uh you know like the premium food that you can take into the theater and a bar and things like that so it would be interesting to see if they invest in that kind of thing um but yeah all in all it's just like a it's a pretty interesting move by them um to just capitalize on the craziness that's happening with uh with their stock right now um so and, and, and to your point, John, it is interesting because a lot of, I've been reading a lot of like exit reviews that, that some companies have been doing um, now, you know, with a quiet place out last week and Corella out last week um, while it was also on Disney plus premium, you know, it seems that AMC is doing a really good job with, um, you know, the, the, the measures that they have in place for the whole COVID, you know, even though a lot of the theaters have announced in the last week that, you know, masks will no longer be required if you're vaccinated. Um, the same question comes up as like, well, how do you know who's vaccinated? Which is a part of my whole criticism of doing this a little too soon. But um, it seems like a lot of people that have done exit, exit studies and surveys that like, you know, they are doing a lot at AMC, it seems, to try to accommodate concerns like, ones that all three of us would have um, going back to a theater, which we all are eager to do. Um, just not sure when, but yeah, it seems like they're doing a lot of things right. And they are the brand here in the States um, and, and even worldwide. Um, so it seems like the motivation is to really do anything they possibly can to save theaters, to save the brand, to kind of encourage people to come back. So, and this is just another step in that direction, just to raise money to make sure they can do those things. So it's an interesting move for sure. Yeah, man. Any other news? Or... I feel like there was. Um, I was looking through my notes that I took it over the past couple of days, but I can't. I don't see anything that's coming up. I feel like there was like an interesting. Oh, um, it just came down today. It's a quick casting thing that popped up that Jonathan Majors was going to be cast in Creed Three. Did you see that? No. Yeah, so he's in talks to star in uh, Creed Three opposite Michael B. Jordan which is he's also directing the movie. So that would be interesting, but um, yeah. I don't know if there was any details on um, if he's going to be like the, the, you know, the a villain or, you know, the, the guy he fights or whatever, but well, I, would love um, that. I love the idea of putting Jonathan majors in another big movie. And uh, that a lot of people will probably see because Creed has become its own brand. So I'm all about that. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really, I couldn't remember anything big that came up, but I, I did like that casting, which just dropped uh, earlier today when we were recording this podcast. So mm -hmm. if there's no other news items, I mean, let's just talk about a couple trailers real quick um, that came out sure. since since we recorded last. What's uh, what's anything that you guys want to mention? Uh, M. Night Shyamalan's movie, Old. Um, I think he's in this cool place <clears throat> where he could tell these smaller stories that just feel intense and well-made and shot well and good scripts. I mean, I, I'm not trying to, you know, I, I feel like he's gotten a bad rap and, you know, this last three or three movies have been really undeniable in my eyes. Uh, so, which really gives you some perspective on his other stuff. Like I'm looking at his films that I saw before a little differently right. than I did just because maybe, maybe I misunderstood some of it. You know, um, right. I, I didn't love Glass, but I, I think I've enjoyed the the sort of smaller genre movies that he's been yeah. making that you're talking about. And this almost feels like it's like that, but in a different direction. It's like 
okay, he's been doing these lean and mean, low budget things. This feels like, okay, he's he's putting a little bit of scope back into it with the kind of production value, even if it's just the location aspect of this movie is different from, right. from some of the others. But it still feels like a lean, mean kind of horror premise. And then as the trailer goes along, and I have to believe it's an M. Night project, so there's something being kept back, you know? Right. But maybe not. Whatever the case, it, the, the situation evolves from just the simple, if you were to come up with a log line in your head for the movie, you would say, oh, it's it's a place where suddenly time starts passing by quickly for these people and they're aging quickly. But there seems to be more than that going on, or at least there's a, there's, there's you know, it's almost puts you in mind of lost um, right, or something right, like right, that, yeah, where yeah. it's like there's some property of this place that seems like it's got a greater mystery behind it. But even if it is just the sort of Twilight Zone on the beach um, aspect that you can get from the trailer, I think uh, I think this, yeah, it just it gets you nervous, it gets you panicking <laughs> just watching the trailer, and that's that's something. And again, we know trailers are different from movies, but also you can kind of tell sometimes if they have a concept that they're teasing you with, and this one feels like. Something I don't know exactly what it is, so yeah, I'm I'm in, I'm into it, and then you get into the, the just the guy knows where to put a camera um, um, to create tension and to create these kind of memorable compositions, and the cast looks good. So yeah, I just I, I I got more and more excited. I've shown this trailer to you know everyone in my family, and I've watched it probably five or six times myself. I'm I'm pretty jazzed about this one. Yeah, man. yeah, it looks great. Um, yeah, you definitely hope that he can kind of continue the trend that he's earned back. It seems um, in terms of people's interest in his movies and I do kind of agree about glass, but it was kind of interesting what he was trying to do there. Um, yeah. Maybe didn't land exactly where it could have, but yeah, old looks really interesting. Great cast, crazy idea. Um, listening to some people talk about the, the story that it's based on, you know, it, it just sounds like an awesome uh, kind of area for him to kind of sit in and, and do the M night thing and, and see what he comes up with. And it looks, yeah, like it looks gorgeous. Like it's just crazy. Um, that we have another M Night movie and it looks really good, so I'm hoping it, it delivers there. Um, Me too. There was we recorded early last week, so there was a couple that came out. I was going to mention um, there was the the big Amazon Prime uh, July whatever fourth weekend release, the Tomorrow War. Did you guys see that trailer with yes. Chris Pratt? I haven't uh, watched that trailer yet. No. What do you think of that, Ronald? Um, I'm excited. It it feels like a bigger movie that we're getting at home and I love that. I love that feeling. Like I'm, I don't know, man, that there's like this thing that, that obviously Netflix is trying to do that. They've been doing, obviously doing a couple times Yeah, that, you know, HBO max is doing monthly where you feel like you are in for a fucking treat. You're getting something that's a premium release at home. No extra, no extra money. Feels like privilege. Yeah, yeah. It, it it looks a lot better than I thought it was going to look. Like yeah. I, it still is a weird question to me. Like in terms of like Paramount has their own streaming service, so why, why sell this to Amazon? Way? Yeah, uh, like just like they did with uh, Without Remorse and Coming to America and it's like all these big titles. But I guess they just see more back end by just a wholesale, you know, to another streamer because they're, 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 it's not there They're looking to make them. some quick money over there yeah. at Paramount. Yep. They're like, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fire yeah. sale over there. Yeah. It's weird. It's like, here, take take this. Take this. Right. Take and this. They, they may right. not have the means of promoting it on Paramount Plus. I mean, it's just it's just not there yet, it seems. And Maybe. But you know. how do you feel about the idea that, like, they, 
they have those movies they've pawned off, but then they've just announced a huge movie with Mark, Mark, uh, Marky Mark. Uh, yeah, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Infinite. He's gone back to Marky Mark. You didn't hear Marky Mark. <laughs> that's the other big news. Well, that that's the that that was one of the other trailers I was going to mention. Yeah, like they announced this like two or three weeks ago that it's going to Paramount. Play. This is a movie called Infinite, directed by Antoine Fuqua and uh, mm. stars Mark Wahlberg and Chiwetel Ejiofor. But yeah, this is like a big budget action movie that you know Paramount had another one. You know, you've got now. You know, we just mentioned three big action movies: and Without yeah. Remorse, Tomorrow War, and Coming to and America. Infinite. And coming to America. Um, <laughs> was it was it called Coming to America? Was that the name of it? It's yeah, called Coming to Coming to, to Remorse. Coming to, <laughs> coming to yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like weird. Like the, the logic behind that, or maybe they just think that you know there's something there with, or I, I honestly don't know. Or maybe they think one movie is better than the other. I mean, there's got to be some logic, you know, in terms of what they think they can promote. Or the the people that are in the movie, like who they think are going to watch it on a streamer, um, you know, Mark Wahlberg does have uh, you know a, a a pretty big Netflix you know presence. So not that it's Netflix, but there may be the likelihood that people that like Mark, Mark Wahlberg will watch something at their home. Um, maybe that's some some of the logic that Paramount is using to kind of put this on their. Pl- this is one of the first big movies that they're putting on the Paramount Plus platform and maybe his brand and his name, he is one of the biggest stars around and, you know, he makes, he has a draw and, you know, his movies are pretty big, especially on Netflix, those movies that he's done like with Peter Berg. But um, the trailer for Infinite, I think was not good. Um, so that's, that's the weird inverse is that that doesn't look good to me. And they're, and they are using that on the platform, but tomorrow war looks good and they're selling that to Amazon. I don't know what's going on at Paramount, but um yeah, like within a couple of weeks, you've got a huge Chris Pratt movie and you've got a huge Mark Wahlberg movie on Amazon and, and Paramount, um, respectively. But did you see the trailer for Infinite, either of you guys? Yeah. No. What did you think of that, Ronald? Mark Wahlberg's a hard sell for me, man. Really? He is, man. Like, I, I can't figure out what it is. There's a level of stiffness to everything that he does it. <sighs> It just feels so unnatural, like. Like he almost feels like he's in like a pocket where he's just like he just does like yeah. two things. Yes. And you know yeah. what? You, you know what the crazy part about that is <laughs> on the other spectrum is a wrestler who. To me, when he first started, had no future in cinema, who has become one of the biggest stars in Dave Batista. I. He has range. He has like army of the dead. He's like emoting all these like uh, intense sort of feelings. And then you got Mark Wahlberg, who's been around forever, who's supposed to be a bigger star than a lot of people who just isn't. He can't emote for shit. I don't feel anything he's feeling, man. It's it's so weird. Yeah, yeah, I I pretty much agree with you. It's a weird he's got like a weird I I do like him and I find myself watching like i watched his uh wall street series on hbo max how was that i liked it i mean like i'm a sucker for like i don't know i i i like his hustle i you know he's got issues that he has you know kind of in in, in his past and everything yes. that some, some, are still very problematic stuff. and like when you watch him i have trouble getting past uh like the idea that he's changed you know like he does seem like he might be an yeah. asshole and i don't like that <laughs> 
but I do like, you know, how, I guess, I guess how transparent he is about like what he does in the business and like how he's doing, you know, TV shows. He's got like a shirt brand he's got a health store brand. He's got, you know, workout, you know, it just what kind of like entrepreneur he is. Yeah. Um, I, I like that about him, but, um, the movies seem to, it does seem like be, almost because I've seen those shows I'm talking about, or even like Wahlburgers, you know, like he's got so much going on that the movies that he does seem to be super generic to me. And like, he doesn't really seem to commit a lot to these roles outside of doing the thing that he does, I guess, well, in, in some people's eyes, which is just like this action guy. And yeah. He's got a movie coming out later this year called Joe Bell that is supposed to be really good and is a big, like, kind of uh, uh, showcase for him as a actor, I guess, or as a performance. But I I'm interested in seeing that. But um, yeah, Infinite looks pretty bad to me. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That just when you say the wrestler, I thought you were gonna, I, I thought you were gonna say the Rock, and I was gonna say uh, the 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 Jungle Cruise trailer, that new one that came out the same day as old and everything. That that movie actually looks like it's going to probably be a big hit because yes, it looks it looks like very looks much like, like Jumanji crossed with like pirates, which yeah. just sounds like a hit, you know, like for Disney. So, and that's coming out day and date on Disney Plus. With I think it's I think they're doing the premiere thing with that. Um, oh, what day is that? It's the premiere. I think that's one because I think that one's premiere. Luca is regular Disney Plus, the Pixar, but um, uh, Jungle Cruise. Uh, it's July. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Deep. I have a question that yeah. I, I, a big question, but I, I think you may warrant another episode. July 30th. What's the question? Well, okay. So I find it a little strange that all the Pixar releases are not getting a theatrical release that I think they deserve. A lot of people about, feel that way. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of there's a lot yeah. of concern and and um just Ever upset about it. Yeah, Disney got Marvel and they started treating Pixar like I don't know, like like a side chick, like just like hey, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you yeah. wanna if you wanna come along, you can come along, but we're gonna give you away for free, and you aren't gonna get the marketing. It the, the marketing has only been really big for I'd say Soul was huge, like. Because, but it felt like that was because they wanted it to be considered for awards right. and stuff awards. like that. Yeah, Luca, I I, I've only seen ads for it through YouTube. Like I've only seen it at the, like a like on the top of things, and right. like, I haven't seen any commercials. Right, it's strange, man. I don't like the way they're treating Pixar right now. <laughs> You're right. I mean, it, it, I don't know. Again, we're like talking about all this logic behind the decisions that they're making. I, I who knows why, you know, yeah. why, why that is a Disney plus thing. I, I don't know if maybe they see that as more of a surefire family thing. I think so. man. Um, but yeah, I don't know, because I think none of the what yeah, none of the animated films have been Disney plus inclusive of your subscription. Yeah, that's what I'm it's saying. all live. It's all live action that have been yeah. the premium things. And maybe that's a, maybe that's one of the qualifiers that they're doing, which doesn't make sense, but that could be something that they're doing. Why um, did, why was Raya premium? And oh yeah, Raya, Raya. Oh right. Raya, Raya costs and right, soul right. was free. 
That right, should have right. been reversed to me. I mean, just in terms of like. So that that that's the. So you're right. That's the exception. So Raya, yeah. that's the one. Okay, I, I couldn't remember if there was one that. Yeah, it's so weird. It's a strange thing, man. Like, I'm I'm worried that like. But Raya is also Disney, not Pixar. You know, like right? Yeah, not yeah, that yeah. It's, Not that there's a huge distinction in certain ways, but we all know that Pixar has always Absolutely. seemed like a house within the house. Yes. Um, yes. Um, but I, I don't know why I've gone back for this just because I feel like if we never talk about Mark Wahlberg again, that's fine. But it's funny <laughs> sure. that like, um, I, I like Mark Wahlberg, but I realized that the two or three things I like him for are like a very, very small fraction of his whole career, you know? And so when we talk about all this yeah. stuff, like I did enjoy uh, Wahlburgers when I was in uh, <laughs> when I was in Boston. They had a good garden burger uh, yeah. or a good, uh, you know, whatever, uh, meatless uh, burger for my son. Um at the time, uh, now I'm not eating beef either, but that's that's a tangent on a tangent. But no, it's just like I, you know, I I got Boogie Nights, I've got I Heart Huckabees, I've For got sure. like Wrong Guys to some extent. Um, mm. There's probably a couple of other things that I think the other guys, good. Uh, the other guys, um, uh, the Wrong Guy, I think, is a movie with Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall. Also, De- The Departed. I mean, I think there's a few movies that I think he really shines in, and those are the ones I've seen. And I've walked around going, I really like Mark Wahlberg. But when I look at the majority of the things, especially the kind of his his version of like the action vehicle that he does yeah. is just some you talk about generic it's just yes. some of the most forgettable yes. boring stuff he like he, yeah. he he he's he seems to be one of those guys who's like interesting when a good director has an idea of how to use him and maybe even he can relate to those people or or you know maybe he brings something to the table there but like yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson David O Russell uh Martin Scorsese these are all people who see something in you and kind of know how to fit you into a cinematic vision yeah. I don't know that a movie built around him is usually going to be <laughs> that that promising um so that's all I have to say about him. It, that subject. It is. It is crazy ago. though how successful he is. Like as an actor. He's, like when you say he's one he's of the biggest stars, successful. it does kind of boggle my mind because I sort of forget that he's one of yeah. those people that can open movies at least in terms of worldwide, in terms of yeah. just name recognition. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you know, odd. he was in a Transformers movie. He has yes. Ted franchise. He has the Daddy's Home franchise. He had a movie where he talked to a plant. He. <laughs> hey, plant. And that plant stole the scene. <laughs> yeah, so, so question. I, I mean, I hate to. I'm, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna pit two people against each other. So, do you think that Ryan Reynolds can carry a movie? No. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. Box office. Box. Oh. No, is that what you're well, asking? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So give me both because those are very two. Obviously. Two well, yeah. So things. I think he's a. I think he's a star. And I yeah. think when he's in a movie, he's got the charisma, he's got the chops. Like he can he can carry yeah. a movie just in terms of performance, charisma, you know, just screen presence. Absolutely, I love him. He's even got uh, good timing in like those Mint Mobile commercials. Absolutely, the guy's a pro. Yeah. absolutely, yeah, he is, man. Um, box office? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think outside of Deadpool and outside of rom com starring Sandra yeah. Bullock, he. <laughs> I don't think he is bankable um i mean like movies make money like hitman's bodyguard makes money but it's him it's sam jackson who knows really what the draw is but they they don't make them for a lot and they make money worldwide so there's a sequel coming out to that in in this month or whatever but like i don't think it's like to the level of uh like a mark Wahlberg or a rock or yeah. I don't know, or who else you would think of, but yeah, I, I don't think it's there yet. But I do love seeing movies with Ryan Reynolds in them. He has this like slow boil, 
boil thing that's going on with his career. Like, even with Deadpool, he still isn't. He's like the people's champ, you know, like people <laughs> love Ryan Reynolds. Like, it, you know, most yeah. people, when you bring his name up, will be pretty ecstatic when he comes up. But there's something about it not translating. He hasn't had the vehicle yet. Besides Deadpool and a couple others that we've mentioned, he hasn't had that vehicle to be like, like, say, if he was in an MCU movie, like if they fit Deadpool into an MCU. Right, film, right, right. That would be the moment where he's his his identity as a star would change. There's something about once you appear in a thing in that world. Right. You, it's to the moon. Right. I mean, I kind of think he does have that vehicle with Deadpool, but what you guys are saying about how like Deadpool is still this kind of special case almost yeah, of a movie yeah. that really got by a lot on what it was, yeah. you know, how it was subverting some of the things you expect from the content you would get in this type of movie. And you could yeah. already see with the second one that people weren't as wowed by just the idea of this is a this is a hard R superhero movie. It already needed yeah. a little something more to kind of catch that zeitgeist. But I don't think he right. came out of that any the worse for wear in terms of just people. Again, I think people do like him as a smartass. And I, I think you're right, Ronald, <laughs> that somehow people have a lot of just general affection for him. And like the stuff he does with Hugh Jackman, the kind of like as a persona, he's a guy who has like a, a kind of brand of humor that is like this kind of smug sort of facile but really just i mean there's again like i said the timing and the uh, there's something that he does that is clearly like a skill so i do think it's possible for him to have something but in a weird way there's a there's an aloofness or a closed offness about him. I'm not going to say he's the same as Joel McHale, but there's a similar guy that. who like who like is floating on sarcasm a lot. There's a yeah. certain not to say that guy can't do more. It's just it's hard for people to look at that person and say, "Oh, I now see how they can be something that's more than just like Chevy Chase, you know, right. 2.0, right. 3.0, yeah. whatever." It that's true. Like I I don't know anything about Ryan Reynolds besides who he's married to. And I can honestly say, like, it's so weird to say this. I know that Tom Cruise would jump on a couch and talk about the love of his life. I know that about Tom Cruise. I know that he could show a little vulnerability. It, even with the, the star that Tom Cruise is, he's opened up more than Ryan Reynolds somehow. I don't, I don't, it's crazy to me. He's also a, a little, uh, you know. He's a, yeah, a little loopy, a little, a little loopier than than Ryan Reynolds, and maybe He's a little, a little more high, maybe a little needier in that way. But no, I think yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, will he? Could he do that again? To compare him to another comedian, like Bill Murray, had that period where he started playing like hangdog characters who had all this soul. It's kind of yeah. hard to picture the the Ryan Reynolds role that would that you would believe mm. in that. You know? Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. it seems like it seems like most of what he has coming up in the near future, though, is still. A lot of the same, like trading what, on that uh, that of like, what we've yeah. seen. Yeah, like yeah. you got you got the Hitman's bodyguards. What is it? Hitman's bodyguards' wife. That title then, confuses me every time I try to say it. Too. I tried to say yeah. it to Nikki the other day, and she thought I was making fun of her because I kept saying, "Wait, the hip Hitman's <laughs> the, the Hitman's <laughs> wife's bodyguard." Yeah, right. Uh, there you go. And then Free Guy, which does look fun. Um, yeah. fun. And then what, the other you one about he... Six Underground. Oh man, no, no. But that means, that means you know what's bad. crazy. I want the team that did that movie to do fast, whatever, oh, whatever yeah, the yeah. next one. That you mean? You mean you want Michael Bay? Yeah, that was shot like. That's who did that. Okay. So what you're telling me is that you love Michael Bay? Look, you've heard it here, false. false. <laughs>
Heard it here first, exclusive, folks. Exclusive. I've never seen so many bodies fly out of cars. Yeah, yeah I yeah. love that shit. I, I mean, it's, I, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. The movie is a mess. But Ryan Reynolds, mess. again, is so fun to watch in it's it. It's fun in it. Yeah, it's that's funny. it. That's it. Just trying to pose that question. I'm I'm curious to see. I'm rooting for him for some reason, man. Like he's he seems like such an underdog. Oh, he's awesome, man. I love Ryan Reynolds. I mean, yeah, he's been weird. in so many so many movies that I love, and yeah. uh, I I want to see him. I mean, he is a star, and he's one of the bigger names around. It's yeah, just the idea of like, it's just the idea of like, you know, what's box office in 2021? You know, what does it mean? Who 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 are you if you're a star? Is it just that you're popular on social media, which he definitely is, or is know, it just he, that you're in a franchise that is actually exactly. the thing that brings in the money? Exactly. Yes. That's that's where that's exactly that what I was going to say. Is, you got it. Well, let's talk um, about some movies that we've actually it. seen <clears throat> or Absolutely. something that we've seen. Uh, we we mentioned a couple three things at the top there. What should we start with? Should we start with uh, Cruella? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Somebody take it, did... take it away, John. <laughs> Cruella <laughs> is a new film starring Emma Stone that is an origin story for a character who we know as someone who wants to kill and skin uh, puppies to make a coat. Um, and I think Sign a lot of people, a lot of people are getting hung up on the notion. And I, even I myself, like in a general, as a general rule, I don't really need the stories about villains that make them into sympathetic characters. I don't really need that. Yeah. I like, I like villains that are like, to me, a great villain is a great villain. And if you then turn them sympathetic, it's like, well, you're kind of, you're, sub, you're short-circuiting what makes them great in a way. But right, right. in the world where we have alternate versions of characters and there's cartoons and there's television shows and there's movies and you have characters like the Joker, that there might be three or four versions of them at one time. I right. believe we can open our hearts to the notion of a movie that recontextualizes uh, Cruella de Vil. Like, I think the people that are like, oh, the true story of Cruella de Vil kind of get on my nerves, but just as much are the people who are like up in arms about something like this. So I feel like a movie like this there's always that reboot discussion. There's always that Disney remaking its own back catalog. You know, there's certain discussions that you have to have about these movies. I think yeah. this this movie does feel different from some of those Disney quote unquote live action reimaginings or whatever we want to call them. Um, yeah. I, I sort of like Emma Stone. I guess I've always kind of liked Emma Stone. I've always sort of liked Emma Thompson. Um, the the actors that play the henchmen in this, I like them as well. Uh, Mark Strong is in it. I don't know. There's a lot of reasons to enjoy this movie. It has like a pace and a feel to it. If you've seen I, Tanya, uh, you know that this director, what's his name? Craig uh, Gillespie. Craig Gillespie. Gillespie, yeah. Craig Gillespie, it's like you know he likes he likes needle drops, he likes sort of Scorsese ish camera moves and sequences. But I don't know, it's there are parts of this movie that really move along very nicely, and then there are parts of it that to me were a real slog. Um, so yeah. I hate to be the guy who always says, "Boy, this movie felt long to me." But I do think that was something that Cruella it wore out its welcome with me uh, by the time it was over. But you know, like I said, there were cool things about it, and I enjoyed certain aspects of it. Um, certain people seem to be having a lot of fun in it. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm almost thoroughly on the fence about how I actually feel about this movie, but I, I do feel like there's a lot to say that is that is both positive and you know critical in a way. What, what do you guys think? <clears throat> um, Ryan, I'll, I'll let you go last because you seem like you really want to say something. Um, I, I kind of agree. Uh, I, I think I probably liked it a little more than you. Um, maybe. Maybe we're on the same page. Uh, I really thought Emma Stone and Emma Thompson were outstanding in the movie yeah, and just great just completely 
down for doing you know what this characters or what these characters could do or could be um and i think that they just both did an amazing job the cast is great joel fry paul walter hauser love yes, them thank you. for two thank little you. her two uh like sidekicks and mark strong is good in you know a smaller role but yeah i don't know it, it is i mean it's simple to say and, and it is and it's it is kind of like beating a i don't even or banging a drum or beating a dead horse i don't know what the saying is but like these movies banging are too a horse fucking... and beating a dead drum. I think that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is just a problem that we have, and we've had it for a while. Is that these movies are just too damn long? You know, this movie is what was it two hours and fifteen minutes or twenty five yeah. minutes or something? It's two um, two seventeen, I think. Two yeah, seventeen. It's like you know, I don't know what the logic is in that, and it, there's so much of this movie that could have been cut down, and you know, a, 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 at least three scenes come to mind. That could have been, you know, cut from this movie to, to save 10 minutes. And that would have probably been better just as a start. But even getting it under two hours is just like, you know, they're making these movies and at the live action, if, if it's a family that's going to watch this or, you know, whatever the audi- audience is for it across whatever spectrum. It's like, I don't know that anybody really needs to commit two hours and 17 minutes to a Cruella origin story. Yeah, there's not um, enough there there for There's that. not. There's not. Yeah. You, you Especially get the- if you're going to back off and make her more sympathetic. You know, now she's she's even less interesting if, that, if you want to go that route to say that, like, she's kind of a nice misunderstood girl. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not even watching the story of this, this, this villain that you love to hate. You're watching the story of someone who has, like, aspirations in the fashion world and she seems right. like a good kid. But it's like, the, what's the story outside of kind of like Devil Wears Prada? Uh, you know, yeah, that, that's exactly yeah. what it is. It's just like you've got the guts of a good story. Like, you know, if that's going to be the, the take on what this origin story is. And you've got such a great cast and two amazing, you know, female actresses, like at the top of their game right now in this movie. I mean, this is a, I genuinely thought they were both great in this movie. Yeah. Um, the costume design, the production design, the art direction. I mean, it's a gorgeous movie. Like it, it, they really did like a lot on this film. My biggest hit is just that it's too long and it really does make the movie suffer in a lot of ways in terms of the narrative and, and some of the characterization. It just kind of sticks around way too long so i mean that's my biggest hit on it but i mean overall i was pleasantly surprised and um you know i was definitely into it and um yeah i don't know i i, I was pretty positive on corella what about you ronald um yeah it was it, it ran really long uh one of the one of the issues i do have on a pretty regular basis about these movies and not i don't, I don't mind a, a origin story from time to time what i do hate is not even trying to win sympathy through just the person being treated terribly. It's just that the cheap way to do it is you just make somebody slightly more terrible than the person became and just showing that rather than just, I think I think there's, there's something happening with movies where, especially with like kid movies, where there's like an absence of the truth. Where, where like when we grew up, there was like, real shitty people that did shitty things in movies right like there were like uh there were people that just like kidnapped dogs and they they were like didn't give them back and then the dog would be turned into something terrible and that was it that was the part of the movie i know it's like terrible to show that stuff sometimes but i think i don't know what movie you're talking about with that description the the bad guys kidnapping the dog sounded like a lot of movies then turned into something terrible i was like wait what what genre are we talking about but 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 i think i know what you mean yeah i mean i can i can name you like a ton of movies like like bad guys were just nastier back back in people died 
Yeah. And things happened, and that was the exchange between a villain and a good person, right? And I think we're getting to this point where, like, everybody's like, we don't want to make it seem like terrible people are in the world. So at some point, there'll be a turn that will redeem them. But that doesn't exist in, in real time. Sometimes you meet people that are shitty till they die. They're like, I hate you. I hate you. Ah. They just die like that. People are terrible. I hate that they just do that. There's a shrouding kids thing that's going on in newer movies that just doesn't make any sense. No, I know exactly what you mean, and it's because it's like you watch an older movie, and sometimes it's like you can see the pot those as almost positive changes. But I think that right now yeah, you are correct yeah. that we are right in the middle of a fascination with like just subverting the narrative that you know, just taking it and adding a wrinkle to it, bringing it it's, back but putting a twist on it. And this seems to be a very man. convenient twist that a lot of people get mileage out of is this idea of saying that like what if villains are kind of misunderstood? Um but I feel like this sets up a, a a movie maybe there's a if they ever did a sequel to this, it wouldn't be 101 Dalmatians. This is a different world. The, the character yeah, that yes. we have in this story would not do the things that Cruella Deville did in 101 Dalmatians at yeah, the end of correct. this movie. I hate to no Spoiler out there, folks. But this movie does not end with Emma Stone like deciding it's time to start skinning puppies. That's not where this movie yeah. uh, leaves you. Um, oh, there is a joke in there about it. Yeah, it's they definitely lean on it. Yeah, um, I would say where the movie gets weirdest and kind of most like unsuccessful is when it when it plays around with those connections, like those like the the kind of Easter egg, so to speak. I think yes. when it's at its best is when it is playing this this rivalry between the two Emmas that we were talking about. Because if we do have Emma Stone playing like a nuanced villain or a future villain who's nuanced, Emma Thompson is embracing playing the kind of hissable villain that I'm sort of championing in this yeah. uh, in this diatribe, which is like she's just relishing. At no point does she at, does she break down and like show a little humanity or try to soften this character you know and it's maybe it's a utilitarian thing but you really have you sense her having fun with some of those you know some of those moments where she just says the worst thing <laughs> that a person yeah. could say yeah um yeah. but uh yeah in that sense if you're going to see the showdown of the two actresses it, it really is uh that it, you know and that is that part is worth it i guess i don't know if it comes across as the movie rolls along um because i really do think by the time it gets to the end you you said it steve there's just not enough substance here to support the sort of scope in a strange way of this movie it needed some more of a hook or some more stakes or something right. there to to feel like it warranted the all the time spent because otherwise it feels like you could get to the the conceit the premise of this movie you could get to it a lot quicker than they do i feel like it's about an hour in when we're finally to the sort of plot yeah 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 it's a hot topic joker that's what that's what I was calling it. As I was watching, I was like, some kid is gonna watch this and be like, this is my Joker. This is like this is the He's already hot topic. I'm sorry to say, guys. The Joker's already pretty hot topic. Maybe, maybe this is like uh caboodles or like mall kiosk. Uh or you know what? This is just Disney store Joker. That's what it is, you know. Yeah. Remember when there used to be a Disney store? I don't know if those are still I in miss malls. those, man. Where you get overpriced Disney merch. Yeah. Yeah. This T-shirt is $58. I want to pay gift store. I want to pay like the prices I would pay at a gift shop inside Disneyland. But I want to do it at the mall. Um, So, yeah, I don't think any of us were, you know, it sounds like you might have liked it slightly less than me. And I liked it slightly less than Steve. Um, So it's just like a descending. (laughs) It's it's more like descending. There's a couple of cute dogs in it. I don't know how real those dogs were. I don't know how CG uh, It's definitely a mix of CG and real. The the real aspect of those dogs was was cute. Yeah. Um, No. 
I'd, I'd recommend checking it out. I mean, whether it's in theaters or in Disney Plus Premium, I mean, eventually it'll be on Disney Plus regular. But um, <laughs> if you like, if you like Emma Stone for sure, you know it's worth watching because she is great in it. Um, yeah, she was great. Uh, all right, so let's move on to let's talk a little bit about the Friends reunion on uh, HBO Max, which dropped last Thursday. Uh, which was great because you know that was the day that Friends came on TV. It didn't idea. even occur to me that they did that, but that's yep. uh, that's yep. interesting. There it is. Uh, what you guys think of the Friends reunion? I'm not a huge Friends fan, uh, I, but that doesn't mean that I hated the show. I just didn't watch it a ton. My sister was more into it, but I was familiar with the cultural phenomenon and those guys getting to a point where they were making like a million an episode, yeah. and you know. I thought that it was really cool, man. I thought it was, uh, you know, it, it 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 took all the cool moments and seeing them talk to each other. Everybody doesn't quite look like they were in the same uh, planet at the same time. But, yeah, seeing them in the same room, speaking, connecting, hearing the little things like the lines on the table and yeah. things like that. Like, I, I thought it was really special. And the celebrity uh, pop-ups were even cooler. A lot of people hated uh, the host. Uh, do you yeah. think you, think you thought he was bad? I, I just, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't dislike James Corden, but I just feel like, I mean, I mean, I was, I was more like, oh, James Corden is hosting this. Like before, I actually watched it because his real like involvement in it is like pretty minimal. Yeah. You know, when I saw it, it's like, he doesn't really even talk that much. No, but no. I mean, I just feel like, you know, him just being the one that like does all this stuff, like all these event type things, I'm kind of yeah. like done with him, you know, like, I, again, I don't dislike him, but I think there's like way more interesting people to have hosting something like this than James Corden. Um, and I'm not somebody to suggest off the top of my head, but uh, I, I just feel like maybe he was available or maybe it's a network thing or, or whatever it is. But um, I just kind of feel like it's not like a problem. Like, it's not like a factor to not watch this. Like, if you like Friends, this is like must watch stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like one of the to me, like I love Friends. It's one of the best shows ever, in my opinion, best sitcoms. Like because it was like a sweet spot for me. Like when it was the show, yeah, it was like, you know, and we're similar ages, like, you know, in the you know mid to late 90s it was like everything was friends like if you're talking about sitcoms you're either talking about the simpsons friends or seinfeld and like you know i feel like i definitely gravitated more towards friends than any of those um personally and you know where that show went over its run was like kind of unprecedented in a lot of ways and you know the idea of 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 those six actors and actresses becoming the stars that they did become and you know what they've done since then and it's just kind of bonkers when you start talking about that, like, you know, how how many times it's been watched and streamed and what countries and how big the ratings were like just it's like a time capsule of like what TV used to be when it was like must see TV. And, um, you know, I just think it was a, it was a treat to watch that uh, show for me. And like Aaron and I watched together um, and, you know, very nostalgic and. The layout of it was a little weird, like kind of bouncing back and forth between like, you know, the table reads and like them being on the sets and then being in the like Q&A with James Corden and the audience. Um, it felt like really heavily edited around some things that maybe weren't as interesting. I don't know. But um, I just feel like there's a lot of stuff I would have liked to have seen versus like what they did. Like, 
you know, so like the runway thing they did with the costumes and like the people that they had doing that just seemed kind of random and weird. Um, I would have liked to see other people like there that were on the show or, you know, like Paul Rudd or like people that played the kids, you know, in the show. Um, that's just wishful thinking. But I mean, all in all, though, like it was I had a blast watching it. It was a really nice reminder of how much I do love that show. Um, and, you know, it definitely blows my mind when I think about how much those people made uh, on that show and how much they continue to make on that show every year. It's, it's insane. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, what did you, what did you uh, think, John? I mean, you know, I, I, I'm similar to Ronald in the sense that like, it's never been like a show that I rail against, but it was not my jam necessarily. And you, you mentioned it, Steve, it's like at that time, almost like on Thursday night, yeah. You might watch all the shows that were on Thursday night, yeah. but you were either probably a Seinfeld person or a Friends person. Right. I was a Seinfeld person, but it, I wouldn't be that interested in... I mean, I would be interested in seeing the cast of Seinfeld do this show. I don't think they would ever do something that has as much heart as this, though. And it got sure. me to thinking about like the difference between those shows, those you know great quote-unquote sitcoms. You could look at so many of them and talk about... I mean, I do think there's something to sort of discuss about them that a show like this is not going to address like just humor that has not aged well and certain things yeah. like that like there's so there's a critique you could levy at 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 friends at Seinfeld at Simpsons at any of those great shows of that era but the thing that they did was so unique and it's interesting that you mentioned Simpsons and Seinfeld because I had been thinking about Seinfeld and then I, you said Simpsons and I was like yeah that was a time where there were these exciting funny shows like these appointment shows and you yeah. could watch all three and I knew a lot of people that just loved Friends and I, you know like I said I was more of a Seinfeld person but I would watch it and even not loving the show I was kind of plugged into the 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 soap opera of the what the characters were going through and I think looking back now I realized that I always thought the cast was very strong um yeah. like yeah. right now like Matt LeBlanc and Lisa Kudrow might be might be my favorites in terms of like just as human beings and I see what yeah. they did for their characters I always have thought David Schwimmer's kind of underrated as a comedian both a physical Definitely. comic yeah. and a and a performer he did so many self-deprecating things on that show and yet still kind of maintained the status of being kind of the quote-unquote romantic lead in some ways um, and obviously Jennifer Aniston, you know, becoming the kind of star that she was. I will say that if you are a Jennifer Aniston fan, you will be relieved to know that her problems with dry eyes seem to be, they seem to be over because she cries several times throughout this uh, documentary or whatever we want to call this reunion special. But I mean, it's a, it's fluffy and it is what you like fan servicey and it does have silly cameos by like BTS and, and, uh, Justin Bieber. You know, and Justin Bieber and shit like that that didn't really do anything for me when, as you said, there was no Paul Rudd. There was no, I mean, you know, you get, you get, you do get some people that you might like to see, but there were segments right, that right. to me felt like, oh, that was kind of cute. But I didn't hate it because it was so full of heart and seeing these actors together and seeing them rekindle little bits of that chemistry and seeing them even maybe relate to it in a way that they haven't before because some of these people talk about, like David Schwimmer talks about not having watched the show really. Lisa Kudrow right. says there's whole seasons she hasn't watched. Um, right. I don't know. I, a, I think I love Matt LeBlanc. I think I want to hang out with Matt LeBlanc. He seems like he seems like uh, the the dad at the barbecue type of guy. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's just something about seeing these people interact. Kind of what you guys were saying. Like these people, they had an impact on the culture. They did this thing that a lot of people were moved by and remember fondly. And regardless of whether you love them or not, there is something kind of 
like that was 10 years and that was shows that had 20 to 24 episodes a year. It yeah, was like crazy. a real staple in people's lives. Yeah, so man. to see them both pay homage to what it meant to them and also to sort of pay respect to what it means to people. Um, yeah, it maybe could be a more substantive thing, but it is a reunion special. It's not a tell all. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think they do hint at some of the darker aspects of it. And they do get some little like Matt, Le- uh, Matthew Perry, who I think has had the roughest, like, experience in his personal life you sort of see uh traces of that they you know he kind of alludes to it without alluding to it he kind of seems like the the sad broken heart almost of the of this special but they don't really get into that kind of stuff so i don't know you know i've said a lot about it obviously it triggered me in some ways like i got kind of emotional it reminded you know like i'm i'm going on 48 this year that show went off the air 17 years ago it was on for 10 years i remember being in my early 20s and going to people's apartments and when you were hanging out with friends every night and making dinner and it's like thursday night was a big night yeah sit down and watch television it was super fun um so yeah i was i was getting nostalgic for my own friends and my own history and I thought oh wow that must be really powerful for them to have this connection to this thing and this is them together and you you sense it there's there's some real love between these performers um, and I, yeah I've had the same thought about who would it be if not James Corden could we have just had a a show that was just them hanging around the set talk I mean it seems like there would have been some ways to make it yeah. less cheesy but it's like what is it trying to be it's trying to be everything that we just said it's trying to be a little bit fluffy and just like a a big hug for people so um i feel like when you heard there was a friends reunion special you decided whether you were going to watch it you you knew immediately whether you were the person who this was for for or not so i feel like anyone who watches this whole thing and is hate watching it is like they're missing the point of of their own life (laughs) you know this will not change your mind about friends. If you don't like friends, right. this is not for you. This is not going to change your mind about it. If you're ambivalent about friends or on the fence, as Ronald and I may have been, I think you may still see something like this lets you appreciate what was special about this this show that meant so much to so many people. So yeah, I I, I found myself unusually emotional for a watching essentially like a, a you know glorified electronic press kit type, <laughs> type yeah. stuff. And the parts with the interviews where people were talking about uh, like it getting them out of depression and yeah. learning learning English from it. That that if that didn't move you, man. Yeah. It, it was just really well done. Yeah. You know? A little yeah. over edited, but yeah, no, like you said, Steve, it feels like they were editing around some content that may have like or some lulls or some weird moments or whatever, yeah. but and if you yeah. want like factoids, I think there's a couple of reveals. I don't think there's anything too scintillating, but there's a few things that I think are new stories that people might not have heard before from the actors. So, yeah, yeah, it's on uh, HBO Max right now. The, the last thing we'll mention in terms of like straight up reviews, I guess, um, the series on HBO, which is also available on HBO Max, uh, the Mayor of Easttown series starring Kate Winslet and uh, Gene Smart, Evan Peters, Juliana Nicholson, had its uh, series finale uh, a few days ago um and i don't know did you guys well i know you just caught up on it ron did, did you experience the do you still have hbo like proper john or do you use hbo max i i do everything through uh, uh firestick hbo max so yeah okay because I, I i was a part of like the whole outage that happened on uh sunday night when mayor had its finale like people i couldn't watch it sunday night like like oh, there was wow. HBO Max was like down or yeah, that, that that show was down or whatever. I don't know what was happening. We could not get into it to watch it. But eventually we saw it. Um, it had its uh, episode seven series finale on Sunday. Um, I know 
I mentioned the show like a few weeks back when it started, just like being super hyped on it. And we talked about it even a couple months ago, like in terms of like HBO stuff coming up. Um, but I kind of have been trying to bang the drum for the show. I'm glad that Ronald, I know you weren't trying to get into the show uh, when we were talking about it initially. Was not. But um, hopefully, I don't know if you how you thought about it in the end. But personally, I love this show. I love Kate Winslet. I love basically every performance in the show. Um, for me, I guess in the last year or so, to me, this is like the show for me. Like, I feel like this is like a perfect show. Um, uh, you know, the whole murder mystery, true crime, or not true crime, murder mystery, crime, whatever uh, series, you know, dead kids, like Ronald was saying, like, you know, the whole yeah. idea of another show like this, it, it's definitely hard to kind of find an angle. Um, but I think something that this show did so well was not only just in the amazing performances, it's just like the idea of what this community and what family um, and kind of how it weaves into the story around this murder and some other crimes that are happening throughout the season and kind of how they end up getting solved. But in the end, it really is just like the emotional toll that all of it takes on every, basically every character that we follow for seven episodes. Um, I, I've always loved Kate Winslet. I think she's one of the best that we have and especially of our generation. And, you know, she doesn't, I haven't seen her in a ton recently. I know she had a movie last year that came out. Um, I, I didn't, I wasn't able to see, uh, I think it's called like Ammonite, but um, this show is like right up my alley. And again, I thought she was phenomenal in it. Um, Juliana Nicholson is just the last 20 minutes of the season finale of this show without spoiling anything. You know, if you, I mean, I was like just completely a mess watching this show um, emotionally, like just a mess. Um, kind of how they land everything with all the characters uh, that you kind of follow around over the last month and a half, two months, just, I thought was just expertly done. The script was just great. Um, and I like the idea of like, you know, that the people that, you know, it's a, a director for a whole season of a show. I think there's a lot of consistency that the show benefits from um, with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the the way it's kind of balanced this idea of red herrings and, you know, questioning characters motives and who was what, when, where all that stuff like of a typical mystery was a little different with this. It just felt a little different to me in general. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I love this show so much. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. What, what did you what did uh, either one of you guys uh, think of it? Ronald, you were the you were the harder sell. You you were the one who didn't want to watch a dead kid show, um, yeah. as opposed to Steve and I, who were like, bring on those dead. Sign me up. Um, yeah, yeah. But so yeah, why don't you say like how, how you you kind of powered through it, you know? And it's definitely kind of an emotionally draining show. How, how do you feel about it uh, after after watching how many episodes? Three today. Yeah, I watched three today. Um, so you know, did you like look out the window or go for a walk in the rain and you know just stare? <laughs> For a I, did, I did. I did. I did stare off into nothingness <laughs> quite a few times. Um, you went to Wawa. Man, yeah. Working, working class. Um, you know, I, I, I love the East Coast and I, I travel up and down it as frequently as humanly possible. Pennsylvania is like one of my favorite states to go to because it, it, it's like. Yeah, it's a lot of working class towns. But there's a lot of countryside. There's a lot of it's a it's an interesting place. Um, a lot of our accents are really very similar. Oh yeah, dialects. Where, you know, where yeah. You are. yeah. Um, 
I think one of the things that really drives me is good stories. And if, you know, I, I really don't like the murder of kids in stories. Right. But you, you soon find out that no offense to the people that died in this film, uh, really the, the, the dynamic of the relationships in a small town and everything that brings is really what makes this thing very special. The idea that like, you know, Sure, you hate this person across the street, but at the end of the day, if they left, you'd be devastated. You feel that sort of tug, you know, push and pull and throughout the whole thing. And, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever lived really close to family, been within a couple miles of each other, but there's something about that dynamic that you really feel in, in, in this story that I've, I don't see very often. And rather than just, you know, making a couple people make weird sounds like <laughs> and twiddle their thumbs or something like that, they do a thing that I love, which is kind of playing on the idea that you assume that because someone is a bad person about this particular thing, yeah. that they could be capable of murder. Yeah. It's a thing that we do all the time where we hear stories about, oh man, this person you punched a person in the face. So they they must have murdered this person over here. They have a history of this. It's the thing that the, the oversimplification that we do, the thing that we do that protects us, you know, that we we kind of classify people really quickly just to, to, to make ourselves, you know, safe, essentially, or feel safe. They use this device in a way that I just haven't seen in storytelling before. I've, I've read it in books but I've never seen it in the form of a TV show. So executed so well. The performances are really good. Gene Smart, this is a, I'm, I'm gonna come back to Gene Smart later when we talk about other stuff. Gene Smart and Ed Helms are having a, I call this the Ed Helms going on right now. Gene Smart is doing something, man. I don't know if you've seen Hacks. That is a near perfect show to me. I, I think Genesance rolls off the tongue a little bit. A Genesance and Ed Helms Assance going on simultaneously, where these actors right. are doing some incredible work. And what Gene Smart does in this film, because like I, I love Mayor, I love the side characters way more. I pay more attention to the people that are flailing their arms a little bit, a little extra, you know. The, the, yeah, the, yeah. The town bully, the like, I love the way they do this shit, man. We know an equivalent of these people in our town growing up. So it was it was damn near perfect to me. I thought it was incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the the things you guys are saying are pretty pretty dead on in the sense that like around this is a seven ish seven issue. A seven I've been talking about comic books with my son a lot lately. It's, this is a seven issue limited series. Now, this is a seven episode show. So when when an HBO show that's like got this prestige, these great actors, when it gets to that last episode or two, you start to go, Okay, is this thing kind of gonna really keep me going? Am I really interested all the way to the end? Is the reveal gonna be that satisfying? Are and and this show I think both has a a, a decently twisty plot, like to the extent that things do get revealed up to the last minute that do feel like maybe not huge surprises if you've been watching the story and really looking at maybe where the hints are leading you but it's like that last puzzle fitting last puzzle piece fitting into place kind of feeling of like there's a satisfying yeah. uh, amount of plot to d to deal with but also it's what you guys have said it's it's that on top of that by the time it gets to the end you are 
as interested in Mare's relationship with her mom or her daughter, or, you know, maybe not quite in the kind of page turning aspect of some of these other things. But I do think that like the human relationships, we've seen other shows that have tried to do it. I think the outsider tried to do some form of this with like the small town or at least an insular community, people that know each other that have a history. Um, And as much as I enjoyed that show, and I would say I mark it pretty highly, I think in those last couple of episodes, it didn't quite do what what mayor of Easttown did. It didn't quite keep it together and stick the landing in a way that felt like, oh, on top of just getting us to the end with this tone and pace and these actors and these roles that we're enjoying, but like getting us to the last minute, feeling like you're watching a movie in that, in that things are are unspooling uh, until the last minute almost. Yeah, you know, stories yeah. happening. So yeah. I think everything. Yeah, it's like I don't know if I quite had that sense of while I was watching it, thinking like, man, this is perfect. But when I look back on it, I'm like, yeah, a lot of the stuff that 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 again that was anxious making for me was just that whole thing of going when is this going to turn into like uh, what the Nicole Kidman show where it's like by the time it got to the end I was like yeah that was a lot of production value but not not a great story the yeah, story yeah, actually yeah. feels like it you, you mentioned a book Ronald this feels like a, a, a novel you know um, yeah. and I do think that some of those side relationships that just un, you know stories that happen in a, in a slightly atypical way. I think Kate Winslet brings a certain amount of that acting talent that you're talking about, Steve. Like when someone of her level shapes a show like this, they get to sort of create almost a space for acting and for character and for, you know, she clearly was relishing the chance to act in these, in this kind of, against this backdrop. Some of the, some of the bit characters, I couldn't tell if they maybe got local actors to play them or something, but there did seem to be some authenticity and some new faces and just some unknown faces um, to me in this thing. And then some of my favorite people, like I, you know, I got, I want to give a shout out to, we mentioned Evan Peters. He's, uh, he's great. Um, uh, what's the name? Uh, David Denham, Denby. What's his name? The guy who plays Frank, her husband. Uh, he was Roy on Friends. I mean, friends, R- yeah. Roy on The Office, and uh, got Friends on the brain. Um, <laughs> and he also, I mean, you know, he's popped up in lots of things. I think it might be David. Is it Denham? Now I'm wondering. David Denman. David Dinman. Okay. But anyway, you, you know, it's, and he's getting a, a character that's a little different from the sort of thing he's played in the past too. And you're, again, the heart, the, the, the genuine affection you're talking about, Ronald. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, it's, it's, there are so many actors that look great in this because they get to just be part of like a, a natural human feeling story. Um, I do think you like the mystery at the heart of this. And I do think it, it's the, I do think I would be less interested in this story if it were just the human drama. Like I do think the murder is, is kind of what brings me to the table. Um, yeah, yeah. I, and I also think this is so self-contained. It, it's like, Oh, this is not a, this is not a season one of a show. Right, this is right. a self-contained thing. But it did end with me going like, Hey, you could have another murder in this town that mayor has to take care of. Couldn't <laughs> yeah. you? But I was like, it pretty soon it becomes like murder. She wrote, if you're not careful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I kind of hope, hope that they they don't you know people are loving this i kind of hope that they that they maybe i don't know what they can do with the goodwill generated by this but i, I kind of hope that they don't sequelize it or turn it into a series because this does feel like kind of a special one and done thing that um yeah 
I mean, I, I think Mare is a great character. And I think that, uh, you know, her mom, I really love how unsentimental her relationship with her mom is almost throughout the whole show. Like, you get little glimmers and they're satisfying. There is a little bit of a climax to that. They, they do talk to each other in an open way, but before the show's over. But I love how many times the show resists giving you the parent-child moment that another yeah. show would just be handing you on a platter with those two. Like, the, the two characters don't want to have a corny moment. You know, they're not going to let the other one off the hook and be cheesy about anything. And I think that there's something kind of um, beautiful about that in particular. Uh, so, yeah, Mayor of Easttown. Yeah. I think I think we're all saying it was good, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. It's worth checking out. If you have if you have HBO Max, you can yeah grab your friend's reunion and, and Mayor while you're there. Uh, grab Mayor yeah, while I, you're there. I, 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 I too hope I, – I, I hope they don't, like, do anything more with it because I do think it kind of, like, ends perfectly too. Like, just don't, don't mind this for anymore. Just let it – be a good thing so you could say sure that hbo max will be mayor for you you could you could say that but we won't we won't no, we won't. We'd never say <laughs> we won't do that stupid uh, <laughs> so yeah the, the the big talks on the show this week you know corell's on disney plus uh premium and in theaters hbo max has both the friends reunion special and the entire season of mayor of east town which is wrapped up uh it's season a few days ago again that's only seven episodes all i think all in general we kind of were fairly positive on some more than others but um you know if you are interested in any of those titles uh, those are the platforms you can find them on thank you before we wrap it up do you guys uh any other shows movies any other content that you've watched uh over the last week do you want to give a mention to real quick i don't think anybody needs to watch the unholy that's my oh you saw it yes but i don't think anyone really needs to watch it oh okay dang that bad? It's not that bad, you know. But not that good. It's just like not that good. I mean, it's it's this is not going to be the movie that like if you if you're like waiting for Jeffrey Dean Morgan to have that movie, this is not going to be that movie for him. Okay. Damn. But if you're like okay. thinking like, oh, Carrie Elwes seems to keep doing that movie. Yes, it's another one of those. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Sheesh. Uh. Okay, so it's worth um, talking about. If you guys happen to see it, there's there's a couple things that it does that are different from the average horror movie that we get nowadays. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like, yeah, it 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 was nowhere near as long as Cruella, but I was having similar feelings of of when do I get off this train uh, by the time it was over. So, dang. Okay, um, I guess I'll share what I've been watching. Do uh, it. T- two HBO shows. Uh, the other two, a comedy that came out in 2019. Um, it's about uh, two older siblings of a kid that's kind of like Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. uh, who kind of hits. And it's about the other two who are played <laughs> by um, Drew Tarver and um... yeah, Drew Tarver and Helen York. Yeah, yeah, very funny. So. Yeah. Um, and also has Ken Marino, who is doing something very special in this one. He's he is the agent of the kid uh, who is like the Justin Bieber type who's played by Case Walker. Um, Molly Shannon's in it. It it just is a crazy, crazy show. Um, Wanda Sykes, it's comedically hitting on all cylinders. And it does have this really cool commentary about what kids go through to become famous now. Like the way that they want them to be imaging, some languages you use to describe kids that's a little weird. That, that is a really cool commentary on, I guess, media and the way that they handle kid stars. So 
That's pretty good. I really enjoyed that. Um, Hacks, which is uh, part of the Gene Assance. Uh, Gene Smart stars as uh, a Las Vegas comic who is kind of a, a, a burning, uh, her star is burning out. And um, uh, uh, up and coming comic uh, played by Hanning, Hannah Einbender. And it basically is a situation where she is very difficult and her agent is kind of done with her. And on a whim suggests that she becomes uh, kind of a ghostwriter for this comic, Gene Smart, mm. who's in Vegas. And it's really, honestly, man, like, I, you know, I'm a comic and I, I worry about some of the things that, that Ava worries about, which is kind of this, like, not wanting to just be like, uh, like a, a Vegas comic, essentially, telling these, like, really typical jokes about, you know, oh, you know, you know what I'm talking <laughs> about, the kind of, like... Oh, those jokes, yeah, those are good. Before, you know, I just flew in from Vegas, and boy, are my arms tired kind of comics, like, but what this really gets down to... If you're doing that joke me, in Vegas, you're really confused. No, man, man, people still tell jokes like that, though. No, I know. That's not even, like, a funny thing, like, comics are paid a lot of money and still tell jokes like that and and this is really a commentary about people who don't like that sort of thing that really should kind of reassess that because funny is funny is funny is funny and you may have like this high road sort of feeling about comedy but like at the heart of it funny is funny and you know if it's like a compromise that you have to make in in comedy that that, that this tackles and it it's really cool. It's a cool show. Hacks. I've, I, I think it's like up there. Yeah, with, no, uh, no. It's it's on my short list right now because it's it's you know I've I, I kind of for the reason you mentioned Gene Smart's someone who I've just sort of bought into at the moment, and that yeah. looked like a looked like a funny show. Yeah. Uh, uh, another Renaissance person right now. Ed Helms, Rutherford Falls, The Peacock Show. <laughs> Man, I don't know what is happening with Ed Helms, but he is. He chose to do like the next five, six years or five, five years or so. He's like, I want to make good shit that has substance that addresses cool things. Rutherford Falls is about a guy that is a part of a family that owns a town um, that was essentially taken from Native Americans. And as as a person who is like, uh, you know, uh, has this lineage in this family. He has to be very honest with himself about what what's happened to this town, because I think in general, there's like a lack of understanding of the impact of racism that he has to kind of embark upon. It's really well written. And Anna Helms is doing something a little different in this one. So that's worth worth checking out. Peacock Uh, Plan B on Hulu. It's a movie directed by Natalie Morales who did the, the little things, who was a detective in the little things and also co-stars in Mr. Mayor, which is fucking perfect. If you want to watch a comedy, by the way, another comedy I'm watching Mr. Mayor. She was also in happily, which we talked about. She directed plan B, which is a film about a girl that has premarital sex and has to get a plan B pill in South Dakota, which does have, has like a morality clause where if you go to uh, like a, a Rite Aid and you want a plan B, if that person doesn't feel like you're right for a plan B and they don't feel like morally you can handle the responsibility, they can refuse you plan B. 
So she has mm-hmm. to travel to a place where she can get it. So it's really about that sort of thing. Uh, and it's, it's, it's incredibly done. It's really smart. I don't really know any of the people in it. It's a lot of like newcoming act actors and actresses. It's worth checking out. Um, another Peacock show that the last thing I'm going to talk about, uh, it comes out this, this Friday today. Uh, this is lady parts. Um, it's a show about, uh, people that just want to make good music that happens to be about, um, Asian, Asian, I guess it's British Asians. Uh, I don't even know what the, the proper term for that is, but, uh, it's a really well told story about several women that want to make music, uh, that expresses their feelings about life in society and their treatment as Brown people in the world. And it is fucking incredible. It's an emotional roller coaster. And definitely one of my top picks for shows of the past 10 years, I'd say. It's wow. just smart and, and, and tackles a bunch of things. It's representation matters. And Plan B also headed by a, 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 a brown person in the world. Um, uh, it's, it's worth checking out. It's, it's Plan B and, and, and late, this is Lady Parts. But this is Lady Parts is my favorite show in a really long time. It's going to put you through some emotions, but it, it, it sticks to landing. And it's worth checking out. So, those are both the, la- the last two were on Hulu. Uh, this is Lady Parts is on Peacock. Oh, Rutherford Peacock. Falls is on Peacock. Plan B is on Hulu. Got Hacks it, got it. on HBO, and the other two also on HBO. Watch it on HBO Max. Those two. Where do you have time to watch all those shows? <laughs> Man, you know, I I was trying to figure that out because I also have like some businesses and stuff like that. Uh, the answer is. I don't know, man. I don't know if I really watch them. I think, I think time is not real. Wait, this right, just changes right, everything. Right, right. Time, time is not real. As, as, as soon as you learn that time is not real, you'll 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 be able to fit everything within it. You can stop it a little bit, do things, and then come back to it. Got it. I think it's because I watched uh, Doctor Strange, man. And I'm fucking, I'm fucking with like. <laughs> I don't think I watched it right because I didn't learn how to do anything <laughs> no. with time. You've watched it, but have you watched it? Have I watched it? Right. Oh, have we? you watched it? You've, you've watched it, but have you seen it? Have you really yeah. seen it? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what I've been watching. I've been watching a ton of stuff, but I don't know how I have the time, Steve. I get asked that pretty often. Yeah. I'm like, okay. yeah. I mean, I like, yeah. It's like, damn, traveling and working and watching and 73 watch shows. Yeah. All right. Well, there's lots of recommendations on this episode. A lot of them seem to be on HBO Max. So, you know, yes. uh, there seems to be some value in that that service, it seems. Um, cool. Well, I mean, that, I don't really have anything specific to add in terms of anything else that I've really seen um, this week. Um, we'll be back next week for episode 303. Uh, find us at com. If you want to listen to the podcast, lots of links there to uh, listen to it on the podcast uh, app platform of your choice. And if there's an option to review or feedback or star ratings, anything like that on the one that you choose, something like Apple Podcasts, um, please leave a review or star rating. It would be appreciated. Um, and if you want to follow us on our YouTube, uh, you can find us movie movie on YouTube and subscribe and, uh, you know, kind of hit that little bell. So you get alerts. We put out new episodes because next week um, we're going to get back into the game of doing our Marvel Marvel series as the Loki series is going to start airing on Disney Plus. Um, 
So you'll be able to get those on YouTube only. You can also go to YouTube to watch episodes like the one you're listening to now mm. um, of the regular movie movie podcast. You're like, mm, interesting. Thank you for sharing that, Steve. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, otherwise, we'll uh, check in with you guys next week. And as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.